But um, yeah, just be your fabulous self. Oh my God, you're so cute. Oh my God, you're so cute. I love you too. I hope I don't disappoint you, okay? Feed the Good is all about people doing good in the world while following their passions. Good for their own souls and for others. I'm Kate Caricello and welcome to today's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. Welcome to Be the Good. Prior episodes focused a lot on goodness in the workforce and out in the world. But what about being the good within your own family? I was thinking about that a lot. And the first person, the perfect guest who came to mind is here today. And it is my very own Aunt Lucille. And I'm so grateful that she is talking to me today from over the river in New Jersey. Thanks so much for being here, Lou. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very honored to join. So, Lou, I'm going to ask, I usually do five questions. I'm going to combine the first one. So it's going to be four questions. You can answer them however you'd like. And just for the listeners slash watchers, Lou is my dad's little sister. My dad is the middle of three. And so Lucille is number three of those three. And Lou, my first question is, what is your story? You can answer that however you'd like, but just tell us a little bit about your background to where you are now. Okay. Well, I hope I keep it concise because I do like to go on, but um, <laughs> as you said, I'm the youngest of three children. I have two older brothers that are eight and 10 years older than me. So in many ways, I'm the youngest and in many ways, I'm the oldest sister. So <laughs> I mean, I had a unique situation and um Fortunately for me, my brothers treated me like one of them. Uh, I remember when my older brother was graduating high school, senior year, and he's getting ready to go to prom. My mother took us all shopping for tuxedo because, you know, after school hours, of course, I was with them. And I just, you know, after going from shop to shop, after a while, I started thinking, when is she going to get around to buying my dress? You know, because they, I really was included, which was very fortunate for me. And um, they made me into a real special kind of pain in the butt. <laughs> because I was always treated like one of them. And um, I appreciate that really much, very much as I am older and uh, wiser. I am the youngest, but I am 60. I turned 60 this year. I got a new hip. My life is opening up again as the world is after the pandemic. So my mother and I were very close. My father passed away when I was 18. And um, being the only daughter, my mother and I really were close, close together. And she did come to live with me, my husband and I and my two small children or one small child after she sold our family home in 2000. And um, I'm sorry, 1997. So for six years, she lived here with my husband and I and my youngest, our oldest, and um, we were very, very close. I always knew because I had old parents that I would take care of them when they were older. Mm-hmm. And um, my children saw that perhaps they'll do the same or perhaps they'll move to California. I don't <laughs> But um, it was really a beautiful time in our lives with six years. And uh, my son was born in that time, and he's the middle child. Our oldest is Rachel. She's 26. Our middle son is, I'm sorry, she's 25. Our middle child is Luke. He's 23. And our youngest is Sarah. She's 19. So they were both born while grandma lived here. And it was really a special six years of our lives. A lot of things went on, happened, 
And we really grew as a family, literally and figuratively in that time period. So I kind of, once my mother sold the house and really wasn't capable of making family parties and all, I kind of took that over and um, made that my role in my family and in my husband's family. I take part in that as well. I enjoy that. I think it's very important. I want my children to see that both sides of the family are important and interact with everybody and maintain your relationships and invest in them because they're very, very important, especially for people today when, you know, so many of us are all over the place. And um, that's, that's what was going on here. Then with the pandemic, I wasn't able to make those parties <laughs> and my hip was killing me. And it was kind of like an enlightening moment, like a light bulb moment. Like I needed to do something about my health and I needed to get a new hip and start taking stock of the rest of my life. Because I, like I said, I had a big birthday this year and we are making parties. We are looking forward to the holidays again, but we have kind of reevaluated um, our lives. And as a family, our, I had the kids all here. My husband was working from home. I was working from home. It was really a, a unique experience, which for, for us, but I think everyone had that same experience of uh, sharing a lot of family time. And that was important for us, but we didn't get to see the extended family as much as we would like to. So we're back to doing that. Yes. I remember it around Christmas time, we met outside my apartment building here in New York. You right. were in your car, I was standing outside, and we had like a 45-minute catch-up because it was the only way to see each other in person safely at the time. Right, right, right. So we've, we've all gotten around, and we've all tried to see each other on the sneak like that, or Zoom calls, or, you know, texting. We've kept in touch, but now we're ready to party again. So hopefully that's going to happen with the holidays coming up, back to having the family over. Yes. Well, you really have taken so much of that family, uh, you know, being the ultimate matriarch of the family, so to speak, after grandma passed away. And Lucille is the one where everyone's at her house and all the food, if you didn't figure it out, it's an Italian family. And that means amazing food and always laughing and loud voices in the best of way, right? (laughs) laughing or screaming, whatever, you know. (laughs) Usually a mix of both, but it's it's very lively. We'll say that it's very lively. And uh, I do take pleasure in that. I, I, I'm blessed to be able to do that and given the privilege to do that. And um, that is something I always like to make parties since I was a little kid, but I feel like it's really um, my honor to do that for my family, my husband's family, our family, our friends that we consider family. Um, I've told my kids many times that family is not just the blood relatives, but those you, you who show up continuously through your life. You know, and at this point in my life, I'm of a certain age, and I can tell you, I've made a lot of. I've had a lot of sisters. I never had sisters mm-hmm. except for my cousins, which were great sisters and still are. But I was blessed to always find beautiful people wherever I went to school or work. And I have actually um, many brothers and sisters, you know. Yeah, I know a lot of people listening will be like, yes, yes, you do. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and and I'm really, I'm newly reconnected with 
uh, classmates from high school since our 40th reunion. One of the gals put us all on a group text um, so we could keep up with uh, the plans for attending the reunion. And that has gone on for two years on a daily basis. And I'm very happy to say that we're all celebrating our 60th birthdays together this year. And um, next weekend, we're all convening at another friend's house um, in New Jersey. We were at one in Cape Cod a couple of months ago. And um, for me, I feel like that's a sisterhood that uh, I wish everyone could say they have at my age or younger or any time in their lives. If, um, if everyone could have gone to a high school that, like I went to, uh, they would be truly blessed. It was wow. a great place and it, and it, it fostered some beautiful friendships. We all respect each other. We know each other since we're 14 and um, we hadn't changed much, maybe physically, but we're still that same kid. And we all have still love and respect for each other. And it, it kind of chokes me up because it's really, um, it's beautiful that um, we have this after 42 years, we can say that um, we're still friends. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that tying in right family by blood and family by yes. those people that you choose as your family. Yes. And I found well, people at college and even work after college that I can consider, you know, some of them, Uncle Ross. He's not really your uncle. You know that, right? <laughs> and Jojo. I call him Uncle Ross. <laughs> and Jojo, Uncle Ross. Uh, my kids call, you know, other friends and relatives, other friends, uncle and aunt. So it's, yeah. it's really, um, it's really a beautiful thing. I'm very blessed. Absolutely. And that leads so perfectly into my next question, because obviously it's all about right? Being the good in the world. And you're such a great example of that. And that story of your friendship with your high school friends is a great example, but I know you have more as well. I'd love to hear another story. Maybe you have of that, you know, feeling of goodness in your family. And what that means to me is those good news moments, those proud moments, anything under that umbrella. Oh, so many times I've been proud of my uh, kids and my husband and, uh, Hard. I never really say, you know, because I grew up being told not to brag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, here's your chance, Lou. Here's brag away. Chance to brag, and I can't even think of anything right now. But I'm very proud of them. They're very. They have a, a lot of integrity and uh, hardworking, and uh, they have a lot of talents. Um, and I just wish that they would all get to use their talents and in many ways, you know, whether it's with their careers or as a hobby, just always use your creativity, you know, their creativity. And you do that so well. You're a very creative person. And I try to use my little bit of art talent every day. So keeps your brain going. <laughs> and um, I can't think of so many, there's so many things. They've just Well, how about I tell a story for you then that okay. I can think of about you? Okay. okay. Since you're, while you think of one. Okay. So I don't know all the details, but I know that you took in grandma, right? And you had, you were, she lived with you until she passed away. And then skip forward a number of years, we had another great uncle. So your uncle, her brother, whose life part, like his other brother who they lived together in Florida had passed mm -hmm. away. So he was all by himself. So Lucille, from what I saw, didn't miss a beat and said, you're coming to live with me. You're not going to be by, my, by yourself. 
So then you had three kids. They were all like in high school, eighth grade, right about then, right at that time, maybe but younger. He didn't, here, though. he didn't live here though, but um, well, he you he essentially did. He was there all the time. You you were over there. He was the he was just a couple minutes away. You made sure that he had the best final you know years of his life, um, and that was amazing too. Because again, it's you just you will always be there to wrap your arms around someone and go out of your way to make sure that their needs are met. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that was important. And my cousins and my brothers did participate of course, as much as I did, if not more, but it was a very, very, um, it was a year, a very special year. We all said we wished he was here longer in New Jersey. He lived in Florida. And um, when his brother passed, my other uncle, my cousin Janet and I went there to um, meet with him and help him out. And, you know, my other cousin, Deb, helped him with the move. Dad, you know, went and got him on tra- by train because he couldn't take an airplane. And so we all kind of pitched in. It was very, that year was a very special year in my family, I will say, because it brought us all together. And yeah. once again, you know, people are just who they are. And um, I really find that fascinating. You know, it was just all all eight of us um, helping him out, but it was just each and every single one of us were just the same as we were when we were kids, and he was uh, more in our lives, you know. Everyone, it's just that part of family and these long-term friendships really fascinate me that um, when we came together to help him, it was just as if no time had passed, we were all the same. And um, he was very happy. I think we made him collectively very, very happy, you know, and um, that we can all feel good about because, you know, he was um, the last of my, my mother's siblings. And um, that, that is what family does, you know, that is what family does. And I'm glad that I can show that to my children. Mm-hmm. You know, that's important to me. It is important to me for um, children to see fairness and consideration and cooperation, love, of course, and, you know, honesty, but they need to see that. And hopefully then they can live that, you know, and that's, that is my goal. And um, as a mother, I always wanted to treat people as, as children of God, you know, little human beings, not just little puppets for me to orchestrate for. I never really appreciated that when people did that. I always felt like these people are small people. They're in my care, but they are God's children and they have a right to say what they feel and do, you know, and be, and including my husband. And that's a tough one. (laughs) He's a tough one. That is the your thing. right now. <laughs> People have a right to be who they are. They are children of God, you know. So, I, as a, it's one of my biggest challenges has been to uh, transition into being a suburban mom. <laughs> that was not easy for me. Uh, and looking back, uh, a lot of my old traditions or um, how I grew up was not really what I encountered in my world as a mother, but, um, I tried to instill being from more of an urban to suburban urban and and, um, raised by, uh, first generation uh, immigrants and people who lived through the depression and just so many different factors. Um, 
were um, many things then were new to me. So um, attitudes of people and such. So, um, but I always felt like going back to treating children the way I would want to be treated with some dignity and, you know, consideration that they are people, not puppets. <laughs> so I've tried to instill that in my children to be straight up, honest, decent, you know, and um, have some integrity. Fantastic, Lou. I have one more question for you. And you can give me as many examples as you'd like. Do you have anything that you find yourself saying over and over again <laughs> to your family or to others? Good quotes or saying? Well, here's one. Here's one that, and it comes from being a mom in a different setting. I have always said to my kids, if we don't help each other here, we're doomed. If someone calls upon you to do a favor, you have to try to fit that in because it was probably hard for them to ask. And um, you need to try to perform, you do it, you know, try to fulfill it. So um, I have done that. I've lived by that. I think my kids do that. My husband does it. If we don't help each other while we're here, we're doomed. And um, I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean, I don't know if it means for the afterlife or just the fact that we would be here without much assistance, but um, we need to help each other. We need to be kind yeah. to each other. And that is, is a very important thing. And, um, and that's really what family is, I think. Whether you're born with them, lived with them, went to college with them, know each other since first year of high school, you know, whatever the scenario family is created and um these sisters from east orange catholic that we call each other sister um it, it's just amazing to me i have sisters from college and um they're truly my sisters you know so um my, my children two sisters and a brother i hope that they always have that with you know with their friends as well you know because we don't help each other here we're doomed i mean i just think that really is like something you could put on my gravestone kate if they forget you know <laughs> i just feel like um that's a good one that's one i have said that doesn't have any cuss words in it or negative <laughs> that's one of the good simple happy ones so i mean i think that you get it you do that you're this what you're doing is is the good you know is so good Thank you. Well, Luz, it was just so delightful to talk to you here. And I am now absolutely craving an <laughs> Italian Christmas dinner. Like oh, I'm thinking about the antipas and thinking yeah. about, well, mostly the beginning and the end, right? The antipas and the cookies. <laughs> I know because the rest of it has all the dairy. other parts. I know the dairy and the meat you don't care for. I understand. I understand. Oh no, it's still delicious. But if I had to like just pick a piece of that huge meal, I'll go with those two sections. <laughs> I do have a story to tell you about the Christmas dinner. Yes, Sarah, please. Grandma used to make monocotti years and years yes. ago, all the time, and um, my aunt Phil used to make it for her family for Christmas when they, you know, stopped making Christmas altogether. And my cousin Carol took over the tradition. And my mother was making it the Christmas that Sergio came over for the first time. And he said, in my region, we really don't have meals with ricotta cheese. They don't use ricotta cheese too much. 
So my mother took that as her out. I'm not making these anymore. They're much too labor intensive and he doesn't even care for them. So it was a perfect <laughs> out there. <laughs> so the rest of us never uh, forgave him pretty much for that. But um, years ago, Luke needed to bring some to the Italian club and um, he volunteered. He didn't need, it to, need to. He volunteered to bring some to the Italian club meeting and I had not made them had to actually call my cousin up for instructions and coaching. And I made like two so he could bring to the club. And he said, I want these for Christmas from now on. Cause he heard the story of how they were always on our menu. And until dad messed that up for us. <laughs> we got them back on the menu and uh, I was never really that confident making them. And one year, I think Sarah might've been 10, 11, 12. She just said, mom, move over. And she took over the process. So Sarah's been making the Monogotti for Christmas for like five or more years now. And um, that's, that's the story of grandma's special Christmas main dish. The rest you of know, it- You know, I never, I never <laughs> heard that part about Sergio and saying no to yes. it. Yeah. Yes. And dad and Frank, and we're looking at him like, what are you doing? What do you say? <laughs> what are you doing to us? So um, grandma really was like, if I'm not going to make this stuff to make a man happy, you know, what's the point? You know, that was, you know. <laughs> so uh, she stopped making them because they were very labor intensive, at, for her at least, and they weren't easy. But uh, Sarah does them with ease, and that's a great thing. And they... It's they're like artwork. I mean, she makes them from scratch. It's amazing. Yeah. So there you go. Anyone listening can call up Lucille and Sarah yes, and get that recipe. Recipe. Uh, Grandma would be so pleased, and um, that would be so terrific. Yeah, I'd be happy to share the recipe and the cookie recipes too. Maybe that could be part of this. Bar. And that's how I can really contribute because my my stories I don't think are that um, fascinating, <laughs> but the recipes no. they might be really terrific. I I love it all because again it's real. It's about the the power of those things that we don't even think about on a daily basis. Sometimes, right? The the just how you interact with those people that you live with, and yes. if if it doesn't start there, it's not going to go anywhere else, right? right. So and that's so really important. That my, kids, my kids got that. I mean, a friend of mine said when my mother died, I said I hope my kids realize what we did taking grandma to live here with us and and how special it was. And she said, Yeah. They might not remember the pattern on the wallpaper, but they'll remember there was wallpaper, you know? And I just thought that's very interesting, you know? But what I want, you know, I don't necessarily expect my kids to do that because I did that. That's not the point. But just that they learn how to love, you know, and love each other and do for people what you can, you know? And that's how you create family. So says I. so, so beautiful put. You know, I mean, that's what I think. That's what I was taught to believe. And, and I saw it and I try to do it. Yeah. Lou, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, honey. This was really a delight. And I'm so excited to see the finished product. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you liked, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week.
If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.